Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Well, quite a good week, considering, I have to say. Uh, no Premiership, therefore no VAR, which is fantastic. A little bit in the AFCON, obviously. <laughs> a little bit in the AFCON, yeah, the World Cup qualified, but, but no domestic VAR to get... To get domestic in, VAR, yeah. well, that's, the, that's the main crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And funeral went very, very well. It's very chuffed about the funeral. Uh, no fight, <laughs> which means that, you know, for around here, that means it was a posh do. And uh, managed to keep the body in the uh, uh, in the actual uh, coffin, which, given... Yeah. There were a lot of Iranians there, uh, was a result. Don't know whether you saw the Ayatollah Khomeini's uh, funeral, but doesn't always happen. And They're f- big fans of funeral slapstick. They are, they? they are. And yeah. finally, you know, we made a few quid on the sandwiches, so everybody was happy. <laughs> and did you do a speech? I'm afraid that I did. Well, no, I did a eulogy. Uh, which a is, eulogy, is, that's what it's called. It is, yeah, in yeah, effect, yeah. a speech. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. Um, yes. I'm, I'm going to keep my notes for it forever because there's lots of little headings I made yeah. for myself that I now know, don't really know what they mean. I think it's, I, yeah, I love the thing that you talk about <laughs> likening your parents to your feet. Yes. Do you know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, aren't your parents a little like your feet? <laughs> you hope they'll be with you for most of your life. They give you stability. <laughs> when you're young, they, you're a lot closer to them than you are later in your life. When possibly you won't see so much of them. It went on and on. I yeah, happily didn't yeah, use it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when, yeah and when you, when you get old, they're so fucked you can hardly bear to look at them. <laughs> yes. A, there was a bit of that in it. God bless you, Adele. Um, <laughs> but, oh, dear. But yes, it was anyway. fine. Thank you. And thanks for good, all the messages. Or both. The 
the messages of support. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, anyway, it was also, apart from that uh, that event, it was also a week in which uh, all day on Monday, people were anxiously watching the news for updates, clicking refresh every few minutes, hoping that there was someone out there who could fill that problem number 10 role. Yes, we were waiting for the partial release of the incriminating Sue Gray report on Boris Johnson's illicit party schedule. And it was like it was transfer deadline day. And it actually was transfer deadline day. Yeah. My refreshing forefinger hasn't had so much exercise since we got rid of the old round dial phone. And um, under fire, Boris Johnson tried to attack Keir Starmer. Did you see this? Yeah, that was it. Yes, I did, yeah. For yeah. not prosecuting Jimmy Savile yeah, in 2011, yeah. which led to um, the, the great spectacle of Gary Neville calling Boris a disgrace. Yeah. And that's... A really bad sign. I mean, you get first you get a vote of confidence, then Gary Neville calls you a disgrace, then you're gone. Yeah. I mean, that's the cast iron rule of three. Uh, Every, right there, everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah. And you'd have got very long odds, wouldn't you, on the two words Jimmy and Savile coming up <laughs> in a defence of the parties at 10 Downing Street. The parties Just at 10 Downing Street, exactly. Yeah. Bizarre. Actually, talking the uh, transfer deadline day, my son Harvey sent me quite a good thing yesterday, which presumably someone had sent him, but it was transfer deadline day is fantastic. Unless you Support Atletico Bilbao, of course. In which case, uh, all you've got to look at is birth rates, uh, because yes. because Bilbao will only sign, of course. Uh, birth uh, certificates, yeah, yeah, yeah. That amused me. Just one other uh, thing about the funeral. It reminded me of something that my 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 wife, my ex-wife, my erstwhile wife, um, Shari said when uh, not that we were watching it but when when diana's funeral happened uh, uh, princess diana uh, you know, mm. uh, the, the, uh, queen of our hearts the um, erstwhile princess anyway, yes yeah. uh, and she, she she was listening to it and and they were saying that you know after the service the body would be taken to althorpe the family home of the spencer mm. family and it would be buried on an island in a lake and i could see shari and she was clearly thinking <laughs> you know, too much about this. And she said to me, Did, is that right? They're going to bury the body on an island in the lake? And I said, yeah, that's right. She said, well, how, how deep, how deep do they dig? A grey, I said, I don't know, about six foot, something like that. She goes, well, won't the island sink? <laughs> she, it's fantastic. she thinks she thought that islands float, which is a, yeah. which is a, which is a, 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 a wonderful thing. And, and you're, not, you're not still together. No, Strangely. okay. <laughs> God bless. I noticed also that uh, Rotterdam this morning announced that it's going to dismantle a historic bridge so Jeff Bezos can drive his super yacht through. Do you see that? No. Apparently the apparently the yacht will fit. The problem is Jeff Bezos's head. Yes, yes, he could, could very well struggle. And of course, for those of you who, who are listening, I was about. To Say watching, obviously on Spotify. There's been all the spotty uh, Spotify problems with uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and all that. Yes, yes. And, and can I, if I'd like, to, I mean, I, I know their problems are bigger, and and the refuse nicks and and anti vaxxers are, uh, you know, um, are causing massive problems. Spotify, I have to say, I'm not happy with myself. They send you a thing, Chris. Are you a Spotify person? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you? Oh, yeah. Good. Well, they send you a thing called a weekly mix where they they, they know you so well that they send you things that they know you will like, right? Well, okay. I ignore that. Okay, so I'd just like to say this. Fuck off, Spotify, <laughs> right? Because my weekly mix this week included the theme from Minder by fucking... <laughs> Can you believe that? I should be so good for you. What? 
It's not the way you and, treat your yeah, customers, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah. Those and for us... Joe Rogan podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, now, you know, do you remember um, Karl Reiser? Karl Reiser. The German, <laughs> German horse-punching modern pentathlon coach yes. for the Tokyo Olympics yes, that do. summer that the commentator tried his best to make sound evil and, ger- and as German as possible. Yes. Well, a meeting of the International Olympic Committee in Beijing this week confirmed that the modern pentathlon is among sports that will be dropped for the 2028 yeah, yeah. Uh, Games in Los Angeles. Not just the horse-riding element, which is what they said uh, back in November, I think. But the whole event, um, you know, just to be replaced by uh, LA-friendly activities with a strong focus on youth, <laughs> God help us, such as skateboarding and surfing and making films where a feisty young girl is faced with a glass ceiling of some kind because of men. Yes. Uh, and they also dropped boxing, which is a shame, because that was Carl Reiser's fallback option. It was the natural sideways move, and now he's going yeah, yeah. to have to go into travelling circus, hasn't he? He's going to be, yeah, well, 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 roll up, roll up, can you take on the man who punched a horse? <laughs> well, apparently the, he's, he's started a campaign to tr- uh, to have horse boxing as a trial event. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's about time we talked about some football. And yes. I say that in the, in the loosest possible sense. Yes. Uh, because, you know, before we allow ourselves to slide luxuriously into the warm, rose-scented, muscle-relaxing bubble bath that is the Premier League. Let us first squat shivering in one of those walk-in, sit-down baths you see during the advert breaks on Countdown that has a dodgy catch on the door so that it swings open as soon as the tepid water threatens to reach your knackers and brings all the plaster down from the ceiling of the flat below where a big angry bloke lives and he has an axe that is the very bottom of the EFL. Which is where Oldham still perch. Actually, not quite bottom, as we managed to sneak above Scunthorpe once again on goal difference. And may I say, which I know you will hate to hear, games in hand. Games in (laughs) hand, son. Games in hand, yeah. But we're still seven points from what we laughingly think of as safety. Mm. Um, That sneak was courtesy of a nil-nil draw, like a fourth one in six games, I think, with Rochdale, the first, the very first baby step of the latest attempted rescue act by club legend John Sheridan, who took over last week, as we said, in the hope of another... Sheridan! Which which refers, of course, to his previous successes in raising the club from the grave and not to the fans' reaction upon hearing he was back. And a nil-nil draw with Rochdale, may not sound like much of a resurrection. I'm a bit like on the third day, rolling back the stone. Jesus is still in there. But did you see that? His finger moved. It did. <laughs> what? You didn't see it? I'm telling you. Let's start a religion. Um, <laughs> so, that's get, good. We've had a go at both Islam and Christianity already. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble with my church-going friends for making Jesus jokes. But you know what? They have to forgive me. It's in their rules. <laughs> <laughs> More encouraging for Oldham was the size of the crowd, which was more than 8,000. That's Wrexham numbers. That's, you know, that's a Deadpool vibe we've got going yeah. suddenly. That's more than we got the time they let everyone in for a fiver. And, you know, judging by anecdotal evidence only, of course, uh, there were fans there from other clubs. You know, City, United, Liverpool. Of course, there weren't any Premier League games. Not that they play at three on a Saturday anymore. Uh, but there was also a, a contingent from Barnsley, apparently, a large contingent from Barnsley. I don't quite know what to make of that. I mean, the Chez Erection is inspiring, obviously, but it's also like the club has become such a fucking freak show that people are turning up to see what catastrophe is coming next. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, realistically, one game does not a Chez Erection make or break, but one transfer window potentially could. And the teams that we are trying to catch, I have to say, watching on Monday, 
The teams that we're trying to catch are disturbingly active. Carlisle brought in four new players in the last half hour of the window. Scunthorpe shipped out four and brought in eight. Colchester brought in ten. That's like a whole new team, plus one lucky lottery winner from the existing squad. And who knows what sort of form they're going to be in? Barrow brought in a few. They brought um, Aaron Amadi Holloway, a veteran of a previous Chesurection, um, and his record when he was with us of two goals in 51 games still mentioned in reverentially hushed tones at Boundary Park. But then he scored the winner on his debut for Barrow on Tuesday night. It's a total fucking disaster. Can I ask so you, instead, just once again, yeah, sorry, sorry, your chairman, your owner, comes from where? He's Moroccan. Uh, but he's based in Dubai, I think. OK. Well, Dubai, I doubt. Morocco, possibly. Is this a bear thing? Because, of course, with bears, the best thing to do is to stand very still and do nothing. <laughs> and maybe that's his plan. Maybe that's what Oldham are trying to do. If they sit very still, teams will just sort of filter around them and go down. They have bears, do they, in the Atlas Mountains? I would have thought maybe. so. I don't know, really. Not in the desert part, probably. No. But those famous desert bears that you, <laughs> yes, that you read about. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we turned our attention to a lad called Mike Fondop, who was with Shez at Chesterfield in the National League. And, you know, one shouldn't ever pay too much attention to reviews, of course, but... I do wish I hadn't seen the one describing him as the worst player to ever play for Hartlepool. Oh, God! Anyway. Oh, my God! Is there a list? <laughs> There's a chart. Um, Oldham haven't scored in five games. Did you see the clip? There was a clip this week that was going the rounds of uh, Magdeburg fans after they went five games without a goal. Uh, they were standing behind the goal, pointing giant fucking arrows to show players where the goal is. <laughs> and Excellent. There were just dozens of them, yes. in, like green, orange and yellow cardboard, like a big school project. <laughs> Project, you know, and they ran en masse from side to side behind the goal, turning the arrows accordingly, depending on which side they were attacking yeah. them. It looked fantastic, like a like a giant sarcastic cartoon. <laughs> and it, if it was possible to kill with sarcasm, Magdeburg's squad would be down to the bare bones. <laughs> anyway, we've got Scunthorpe on Saturday, which is as far from being the big game of the weekend as it's statistically possible to get. But anyway. Something I forgot to ask you last week, actually. Why is it mm. that whenever you, wherever you go to watch football, the music on the tannoy is from 1974? That's what I was at Harrogate last week. It was You're the First, the Last, My Everything by Barry White. And at Oldham, we run out to Mouldy Old Doe, which is 1972. It's a problem with the club. We need to bring ourselves up to date. Is it not, is it not to do with the uh, natural conservatism of sport in general? Well, I wondered whether, you know, they had, they had it as a seven-inch single originally when it came out, you know, and then ha had a record player in the little booth, you yeah. know, and then maybe they had it later on a cassette and then on a CD, and now they have it on a playlist or on an iPod or on Spotify or something, or some new technology where you can just think Barry White into being. Mm. And I just wonder, it's, it's like every club has a 70-year-old DJ who still dreams of breaking into hospital radio one day. Well, there's that, and also the fact that uh, the, the last home game of every season... All clubs play We Are the Champions, which I always find fantastically <laughs> ironic. However, wherever they finish. Wherever yeah. they finish, yeah. But, you know, in a way, it's always 1974 somewhere in the country, and that's football's gift to the world. And here's a segue. 1974 was very much the heyday of Don Reavy, wasn't it, it as was. Leeds manager, yeah. when his Leeds team ran away with the league. They went unbeaten, didn't they, for 29 games from the start please, of the season? Please, say more about that. Say more about it. Until, I, well, you know, somebody, me, I'm a George Scoville over that. Three, I can't two, after being 2 nil down. Oh, you boys. <laughs> but it wasn't until, what was it, February or March even? Yeah, when, it was when was it? Feb it was late February, yeah. 29 games, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. 3-2, yeah. yeah. yeah, wasn't it? It was 3-2. 3-2, 2-0 two. Two, two down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cheating, and Billy then, Bremner scored a free kick. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then Reevy left at the end of that season. They won the, they ran away with the league, didn't they, they that did. year? And they, he left to become the England manager, which didn't end too well. And he was on the brink of failing to qualify for 1978 World Cup when he quit to take a job in the United Arab Emirates, who hadn't even started sports watching in those no. days. They were hardly then, united by then, were they? They were no, just Arab no, Emirates. No. They were just a, a, an odd assembly of, of Emirates. Yeah. yeah. But the FA charged him with bringing the game into disrepute, their catch-all charge they use for anything that ticks them off, and, and banned him from working in English football for 10 years. Now a fella called Chris Evans, mm. and we should say not Captain America, nor the guy from Never Mind Your Toothbrush, It's Friday. Yes. This one's the MP for Isluin in Wales. Yeah. There wasn't that Kinnock's constituency, I think it was. Oh, was it? Anyway, he's, he's demanding an apology from the FA for banning Don Reavy for 10 years yeah. and claiming that Reavy was the very first victim of cancel culture. Yeah. So what do, you, no, what do you think well, of that? Well, first of all, I mean, uh, <laughs> the great, the great, great thing about that is that, of course, uh, Chris Evans, the MP for Isluin, is Lewin, as you say, um, has written a book on Don Reavy. So, so basically, which was released just before Christmas. So basically he's saying, you know, does the Prime Minister agree with me that the recent book on Don Reavy, currently available <laughs> at all good bookshops, uh, needs to be taken uh, account of? I mean, it's just an advert. It's just... My right, I refer my right old friend to the book I wrote some moments ago. So, some moments ago. No, no, the subject, by the way, uh, Prime Minister of Cladding. I wonder if the right honourable gentleman has heard of J. Rees-Mogg Building Services of Oxford. It's just... It's... Oh, I mean, it's shameless, quite honestly. Well, obviously he reckons he's got hold of a good soundbite there, the, the very first victim of cancer culture. I heard him on the radio and he said it about nine times. Yes. And he's claiming that banning Reavy for 10 years tarnished his reputation. Well, you know, for one thing, there's a statue of Reavy at Elland Road and a stand named after him. So his reputation seems pretty solid, yeah. all things considered. And he does rather ignore the circumstances. And he must have known this because he didn't write the biography of him. Yeah. Uh, the circumstance, he's just not mentioning this on the radio. Yeah, yeah. The circumstances of Reavy's move to the Emirates. I mean, his England tenure wasn't going well. There's a good chance he was going to be sacked anyway for missing out on the World Cup qualification. The England team were on a summer tour of South America, playing Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay, and Reavy flew off, yeah, yeah. ostensibly to Finland, to check on the Italians, our next World and Cup And he didn't opponents. go there, did he? But actually, he went to the UAE to negotiate this new gig for himself. Yeah, yeah. And that was what the FA got all wound up about. I mean, a 10-year ban was an extreme overreaction. Yes. But... Reavy challenged it in court and it was overturned at the time. I and the judge said, and this is the quote, uh, talking about Reavy's reputation, the judge said that Reavy lacked candour, was greedy and prickly, focused on imagined wrongs, and his resignation as England manager showed a sensational, outrageous example of disloyalty, breach of trust, discourtesy and selfishness. Yep. But still, you know, case dismissed. But, and, and, and can I <laughs> jump in with, with my, my very great friend um, Angus Kinnear, of course, who is the chief executive at Leeds? Well, first of all, let's 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 put aside this idea of the first victim of cancel culture. You know, if we want to go back to Galileo, Copernicus, uh, the the Jews, the Huguenots, you know, that clearly just so self-regarding, it's pathetic. Number one. Secondly. OK, you could have an argument for lamentable, sad, unfortunate, disproportionate even, but not vile, disgusting, unconscionable evil, you know. Uh, Don Revy was not Nelson Mandela. He wasn't Rosa Parks. He wasn't Gandhi. This this, <laughs> this, uh, this is such a, a sporting thing. This you certainly over... have no interest in, in non-violent resistance. Oh, this, no, certainly not. This overblown <laughs> sense of... Self-importance. Well, it's just it's like a, it's such a yes. hot-button issue, isn't yeah, it? Not, not, a great, not a great, I mean, not a great thing, but not no, the it's, worst it's a, thing in the world. 
it's just a it's a, it's a buzz phrase that will that will automatically put people's hackles up because they think it's a it's a stupid thing yeah. because it it's uh, the idea is that cancel culture is somehow ridiculous it's like it's connected with like wokeness and and political correctness gone mad yes. in america it's always the right wing banging on about you know dr seuss being cancelled or mr potato head yes. it's always a stupid culture yes. war thing well, wasn't it also and, um health and safety for a long time you know health and safety you yeah know? And, and it's just and, trying to make the He's just trying to make you feel like like somehow banning Don Revy for 10 years was crazy left-wing bullshit. Yes, exactly. And, so. Which is not the speciality of the Football Association. Well, yes, and I particularly disappointing, I have to say, from a Labour MP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but exactly. there, there you go. And also, well, can- without, without, I have to say, I have one particular thing here. I mean, Neil Franklin, who was a Stoke player, who went to play yeah. in Colombia, was banned for playing yes, for England, yes. one of the great, great, great players. But the other thing is, actually, you know, Revy, Revy going... Um, and Reeve was a great manager. I, I'm, I'm not arguing with any of that. His family may well have been hurt. I'm not arguing with any of that. But for something like this, for something like this to be raised in the Houses of Parliament, to be to be for people to ask for for, for you know the laws to change, apologies from the FA, blah blah blah. It's it's just actually it makes you a little bit sick. When I think what happens, well, it does. Some, for instance, for to a... Dave Jones. Do you remember Dave Jones, the the yes. manager of yeah. Southampton yeah. And, and 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 Wolves? had this terrible, malicious persecution of him um, for alleged, you know, impropriety with, with underage um, uh, children in his care, you know, which which was clearly, uh, you know, just not right. It was, as the judge said, you know, malicious prosecution. Uh, that's the sort of thing an apology should come for. <laughs> well, it should. And and asking for an apology for from the FA when all the people involved are long gone. I mean, Reeve himself died in 89, didn't he? But all the FA people, there can't be anyone still there from who who got so well, no, and, they, and, and also, banned. of course, it wasn't the whole FA, was it? He had he had particular enemies at the FA, not least did, the yeah. evil Moriarty, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, that that's, you know, if you tire everybody with the same brush, you know, and, and, un, and this is not an anti-Leeds thing, but, you know, you know, every, every, every supporter that, that that sends death threats to chairman, and, and, and I wish that was very rare, but it isn't, um, mm. is, is not representative of, of, of the whole. So I think I think in a general thing, um, a little overblown. Do you, would you agree, Christopher? Oh, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, I think that cancel culture is such a... T- I mean, you know, it's a long, long conversation that we could have. I mean, I, it, it drives me mad when people are... Uh, people's lives are trashed in the in the press yeah, yeah. without... Uh, no, and uh, whether or not they've done the thing yeah, yeah. that they're accused of. Yeah, well, if it doesn't if it's if it's something that doesn't rise to uh, the level of uh, the, a criminal prosecution and the police getting involved, then those people have no way of countering. Uh, you know the no. avalanche of shit that comes their no, way, absolutely. and I think I think it's reprehensible to even think of starting something like that. I mean, football does, unfortunately, have some um, have some cancel issues. Uh, that are more recent. Don't they? I mean, there's the the, the terrible sort of uh, Mason Greenwood story this week, and you don't you know you don't know until that goes through. You don't know what the story is there, but he's he's effectively cancelled, isn't he? Until such time as yeah, he gets I, mean, to I think that's that. that's it. That, that, that's kind of a different thing. Mm. This, this is this is actually you know with the benefit of a great deal of hindsight, and and I think that that hindsight should actually soften what happened. Heaven knows, as you said. He he his banning lasted in effect less than two years. 
in that time, he was still in employment, gainful employment in yeah, the, UAE. the UAE. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. Um, you know, much as I have sympathy for the family, I, I just don't think it's the sort of thing that... You know, 40, oh, no, 50 no. years and later. And his reputation was was, was, a, was a, a grey sort of a reputation anyway, yeah. wasn't it? I and, mean, and, it was always and, littered uh, with allegations of, of giving bungs and yeah, trying yeah. to bribe yeah. players and, to and, throw and, matches. And, 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 and let, let us say, you know, this is, comes from both both of us, but from you who, who watched Leeds and supported them a lot yeah. in the early well, 70s. So, you know, this uh, is not, 70s, this is yeah, not yeah. a hate Leeds thing. This is a, not. This no, is no. A, a moral but thing. Reevee, though, did... Uh, turn a lot of people off as England manager, didn't he? Particularly with, well, for instance, his treatment of Alan Hudson. Um, <laughs> sure. who had, who, Preaching to who, the choir, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who ran the game, didn't he, in, that, in a friendly win over West Germany and then only played one more time yeah, and yeah. looked like the next, the next big thing, the next yeah. solution. You know, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but he was such a pragmatist that he didn't trust the flair players, and he's not the only England manager to to be tarred with that particular brush. But and and his and you know, the the whole dirty Leeds thing, you know, was uh, pragmatically, you know, hard hard players. You know, that, yeah, I, that Bremner and Giles and Charlton and yes, and I, I, I just like Jack Charlton actually. My uh, our friend Howard. Um, is often referencing Jack Charlton. He's, he used to watch Leeds as a, as a youngster, and he had a had an old VHS coaching VHS of Jack Charlton, where he, the main bit of advice that Howard had taken away from this was: when you get the ball, when the ball comes to you, when you're controlling it, take it in a direction. <laughs> he said, mm-hmm. "Not just don't just stop it. Take it in a direction. Well, what direction, Jack? No, it doesn't matter. Any direction. Yeah. Just take it. Take it in a direction. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the football stuff." In a sense, is neither here nor there. What is it? What this campaign is attempting to do is claim a moral superiority over yeah. uh, what they would consider to be a excessively punitive um, um, course of action. And 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 I think, and I'd like to put it to bed by just saying yes. But Don Revie was the first person ever to be England manager and choose not to be England manager. Mm. You know, he, yeah, he, he tried, said, actually tried to resign. You know, I'm, in that I'm summer. not enjoying this. I want to go and do something else. <laughs> he tried to resign in the summer. This is another feature of this of this thing. Yeah. He tried to resign in that summer, and the FA refused to let him. Refused to accept his resignation, even though they had they had at that time approached Bobby Robson. Uh, well, not you Bobby know. Robson himself, but but Ipswich. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. well, uh, well, approached you know a, a replacement. Yeah, but anyway, let's go from that uh, one former international manager to what some of the current crop have been up to this week because there've yeah. been some internationals played in this break. Yes. Well, it's, it's not our international break yet, but there have been still the Afcon. Senegal made it to the final, didn't they, last night, beating Burkina Faso three one in the semi, thanks to uh, yeah, a couple of nice late moments from Sadio Mane. Although he was he was pretty anonymous up to then. Yeah, don't you think? yeah. Well, I, mean, I I was just I mean I watched the game and I was amazed to. To, to, to pick up the paper and look at the uh, various, you know, sporting websites and see, you know, Mane inspires Senegal yeah, to go exactly. through. I mean, I, I joined well, the know, match partway through and I had to check on the website after a few minutes to make sure he yeah. hadn't been dropped. Which, which is not anyway. to say that he's a bad player or he wasn't influential because he clearly no. was. It's well, to he made say, the second goal and scored yeah, the third one. But, but, it, it's, but. Ju- it's, about, <laughs> it's about the prism through which, yeah. uh, you know, uh, British journalists, Particularly because they're the only ones I read, um, seem to regard any game. You know, it's is it not very much? I remember when Eric Bristow uh, won the uh, World Darts Championships, and at the time was was briefly uh, living in Stoke on Trent. Eric Bristow, if you remember, was the crafty Cockney. 
Uh, and the headline in our local paper was Stokes Eric Bristow wins world championship. <laughs> and it's, uh, there's something of that about it, if you know what I mean. There's something That's brilliantly broken. Yeah, well, well, anyway, idea, tonight, yeah. tonight we'll find out whether it'll be a Sadio Mane Mo Salah final. Won't we? Yeah, which, which <laughs> is bound Egypt to be. Play yeah, Cameroon yeah. in the other semi final. And the interesting qualification games also been uh, been taking place for the pleasure of playing in Qatar. And um, the North American qualifying group has been particularly interesting, particularly as uh, Canada topping the group ahead of perennial qualifiers, yes. the USA and Mexico, thanks to some interesting tactical use of the weather. Yeah. I, 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 I've loved this. They, they beat Mexico for the first time in a, in a qualifier since 1976. And instead of playing their home game indoors in Vancouver, which they would usually do in the, in the winter, yeah. in a friendly and obliging Canadian sort of a way, you know, they decided to play them outdoors in Edmonton, where it was minus nine, yeah. and the stadium was nicknamed afterwards the Ice Teca, <laughs> where, it, where it did for Mexico. Yeah. Because the group, of course, the North American uh, continental group, goes all the way from the Arctic Circle to the tropics, yeah, yeah. and the campaign for Canada is a demanding endurance test. In the last week, Canada have beaten Honduras in 28-degree heat, then, then beat the USA at home in minus 10, and then back down to 30 degrees in El Salvador in the early hours of this morning, which, and they won all three games 2-0. Mm. And, and so they look like they're going to qualify. The USA game in, in Hamilton, near Toronto it was, it was their most consequential game for a generation. And the Americans saw this coming after the ice tecker thing and tried to prepare by playing their either side matches in cold cities in Columbus and in Minnesota. And you know how cold Minnesota, if you've seen Fargo, you see how much snow yeah, there yeah. is in Minnesota in the but winter. Did, but did, but it, have you it, seen it? it, it the reason this works particularly for Canada is that eight members of their squad are kitchen porters who spend their time going from the refrigerated <laughs> area into the kitchen. Clearly, that's not true, but it seems to me... As, as trade it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It seems to no, me I a mean, bit I, like I, John the, Beck. Do you remember John Beck, the manager of, yeah. of Cambridge, who would find any possible way? I mean, I think... In a way, it's brilliant. In a way, it's brilliant, mm. isn't it? It's the it's, oh, well, they I, don't I, like it up. Them. Uh, the uh, thing, uh, the thing I love about it is that uh, the, the, the Americans tried to tried to do it themselves. Yeah. Tried to do the same thing, and uh, they played Honduras uh, last night, and it was even colder. It was minus sixteen, yeah. and some of the Honduras players didn't come out for the second half because yeah. it was so cold. Yeah. And they were playing in balaclavas <laughs> and gloves and <laughs> tights, <laughs> and the goalie had a parka. <laughs> were, 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 they, were they like those two kids in Kess who were standing on the goal line, rubbing their hands and going, "Oh, my hands are like blocks of ice." Yeah, oh, <laughs> my hands are like blocks of ice. <laughs> it's a young, slightly balding Charlton kickoff. Yes. Anyway, no. Um, the the other they look pretty nailed on Canada now to qualify for the first time since 1986. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're probably going to be at 2026 because they'll be co-hosts of the next unwieldy monster tournament. But that's not actually been confirmed. So this is a pretty big deal for them. And another interesting uh, wrinkle in it is that their coach is English, John Herdman. And he took the Canadian ladies' team to the Olympic bronze medal in 2012 and 2016. The ladies actually won gold last summer, but he'd gone on to the men's team by then. But that's an unusual progression to make, isn't it? From, from coaching the ladies' international team up to the men's... Uh, say, I say up... Uh, you know, sideways to the men's team, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, and the you don't say it with much conviction, Chris. I have to say, I don't say it with a great deal, no. <laughs> but, but even so, even so, I, find, I, I thought that were, I thought you know, yeah. I thought that was interesting. No, but, no, know, no I think, I, think the, I mean, I, I rather <laughs> love this bit because this is you get so wrapped up, don't you, in the World Cup qualifying from Europe, and then you sort steadily look towards South America, and then you look, you know, beyond that. And I'm always looking for Iran, obviously, because I have a lot yeah. of family in Iran. But to bring it back. 
back. Of course, the great thing I found this week was, and, and obviously, you know, we both live there, but the Football League was the only game in town. Well, yeah, home. the only game in town. Uh, there's plenty happening. I mean, uh, uh, the games apart, there are a couple of relatively surprising managerial casualties. This way. Yeah. Uh, surprising not only because they came as the deadline window slammed shut, yeah. you know, which is which is not really a gift to the new guy. But Sunderland sacked Lee Johnson, even though they're third in League One. Yep. And they did lose 6-0 at Bolton. But Lee Johnson's the last manager to last a season at Oldham and the last one to leave of his own accord. Um, but astonishingly, Sunderland have held talks already with Roy Keane I know. about returning to management. Well, well, the thing is, you've got West Brom and Sunderland who both sat managers, obviously. Well, yeah, And yeah. if you look at the list of names, it's quite funny because... You've got Warnock, you've got Allardyce, you've got Bruce, you've got Keane. Yeah, you think, yeah, yeah. They, these, well, they, they yeah. want to, they want to, you know, in the words of uh, the time travelling uh, shows, they want to jaunt their way back um, to the the the, the, tens, the tomorrow people. The tomorrow yeah. people. Thank you very much. Yeah, who, who would be more at home, obviously, uh, once the Tannoy starts playing 1974 music. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the interesting thing is, I mean, and, and uh, you know, weirdly, I went to buy the football league paper this week which I, I try and buy every week and, and it's a really mm. good it, 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 it's a really good little sort of newspaper like a mm. green and for the football league and it sold yeah. out every, I couldn't get one for love and money um, and actually ended up buying the morning stuff about which later I will tell you more but um, <laughs> what I mean, if you look at the crowds and you've mentioned this before the crowds are I mean Sunderland took 5,000 to Bolton Derby had 30,000 admittedly in a kind of a protest Oldham had fantastic crowds you've got Portsmouth Sheffield Wednesday Ipswich and Charlton in League One, you know, I, I just think that it's um, it's in rude health the football league mm-hmm. at the moment. Strangely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting that um, that Steve Bruce is the favourite for the West Brom job. I mean, he's made a bit of a career of managing local rivals, hasn't he? Newcastle and Sunderland, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday, Aston Villa and Birmingham City, and now West Brom. You know, Rafa Benitez must be going. Oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the banner? Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit disappointed that Steve Bruce is looking to go back in. I, I, I like it as a statistician that he left Newcastle having managed exactly a thousand uh, yes, games. Yes, yes. And that's see. the world telling you you're done, Steve. That's yeah, what that is. And I was hoping that in his quiet retirement, he'd have time to write some novels. You know, follow-ups to his previous works. Did you know about these? I've heard. Yeah. Striker! Exclamation mark. Sweeper! Exclamation yeah. mark. And defender! Exclamation yeah, yeah. mark. Yeah. Stories about a football manager called Steve Barnes, yeah. um, who solves murder mysteries and battles terrorists. Yeah. And you know, the world has been crying out for a long time for you know, keeper! Exclamation mark. At the very least, winger. You know, yeah, exactly. Time his hands. <laughs> he could work on some better titles. What about you know? False nine. Yeah. Exclamation mark. Got to be one word, son. Got to be one word. It hasn't any, got... any publisher That's in the world knows that. Bench warmer, exclamation Fair mark. Fair enough, I'll give you that. Didn't Jimmy Greaves write a novel about a footballer called Jackie Groves? I think he did. He did, and, and of course Terry Venables famous for, for uh, yeah. writing novels too. Um, about Terry, v- Terry Vunables. Yeah. I watched Stoke on Friday yes. getting a draw at Huddersfield. And Stoke are interesting at the moment. They're like a cartoon club at the moment, like Premier League kids, yes, like Jungle Book kids, you know, and yeah. Scooby-Doo kids. Although hasn't Tom Ince now gone to Reading? He has, sadly, But there's, yeah. uh, there's young Wright Phillips, you know, yes, Sean's... Son and Ian Wright's grandson, and young Campbell, and and good old Phil Jagielka, who must who presumably is playing the old yeah. caretaker. I mean, it, it, it's a great thing. It's a great thing to have these, you know, these sons of of, of famous yeah. players. Unfortunately, and I, I don't know if you've actually been to a state game. Uh, they're all about three foot tall and they have massive heads which look exactly <laughs> like their fathers, but the bodies are tiny and only the heads move from side to side like those figurines. 
Yeah, that's how, that's how those cartoon kids' shows work. Well, exactly that's how so. Yeah, that, it's is like how, that is how they are done. Brats. Just very quickly yeah. on the Football League before we take our break. Uh, top marks to Daniel Mann at the Peterborough v Sheffield United game. Now, I'm often very, very, uh, uh, you know, critical of commentators, but um, a lot of things were thrown onto the pitch at one stage. And he said, and I rather love this, well, that's not the sort of flair we want to see on the pitch. <laughs> Which pleased me, uh, pleased me no By the way, as I said, I picked up the Morning Star instead of the Football League paper. Um, very low, sports-wise. Very low, jokes-wise. But pleasingly, <laughs> and I read it cover to cover. It's not a long journey. I read it from cover to cover. <laughs> but their racing tip, <laughs> they obviously, fantastic, because obviously it's very politically motivated. Their racing yeah. tip for yesterday was a 410 at Exeter. Chavez. <laughs> they've just chosen. They've just chosen a horse that has a, a sort of left-wing yes, politician's has a, has, name. Yes. And uh, ten to one, Stalin's surprise. Yeah, Stalin's surprise. Uh, even though it's a non-runner. I, I had a quick look at um, at Derby uh, play because they were on the television against Birmingham. Uh, Rooney looked so into it. I mean, obviously, he turned down even talking yeah, about yeah. the Everton shot. Well, we must talk but about that. It was, yeah, with our it, guest. yeah, we will. We will after the break. But the uh, I was just enchanted that one of their goalkeepers, was, the goal scorers rather, was called Plange. Oh, and he sounds like a footballer made up by Kenneth Williams. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just to be a character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I also want to honour uh, the former Liverpool player Cameron Brannigan scoring four penalties in the same game for Oxford against Gillingham. Did you see the pictures I, of this? I didn't see it. No. He went right, left, left, high. Yeah. Sent the keeper the wrong way all four times. Just yeah. fantastic feat. Score four penalties in a game. I was just very impressed. That is impressive. And on that very subject, Stoke, by the way, are officially the worst, uh, uh, the least successful penalty takers over 31 leagues since 1918. <laughs> 1918? <laughs> 2018? Probably since 1918. 1918. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to really hang on to a pattern that long. It is, it is. You know, uh, but they're so, many, for so the, many of those penalty takers are dead now. Yeah, we've, we've qualified for the World Club. Championship penalty missing tournament in Abu Dhabi. So that's oh, yeah. something. And and absolutely, before we take a break and see our guests, I have to say this: the best reason ever I've read this week for being uh, substituted or, or, or notionally substituted is Liam Turrell, who plays for the Bull in the Barn in the Shrewsbury District uh, uh, League. He's a left back, and he may miss out for the end of one game this month as his team have entered a raffle and won Roberto Carlos. <laughs> They've won Roberto Carlos to play a game for them coming yeah, on as a sub. Efforts. Yeah, yeah. God, if anybody needs a break, he will, and we do too. So, our guest for today has 93 caps for England, is a journalist, a pundit, a reporter, and fast becoming one of the most recognisable faces in the game. I have to say that I put in a special request to have her on the show because she always lifts me out of my natural cynicism, such as her love and enthusiasm for the game. Her analyses are quick and incisive, her ability to communicate under pressure staggering, and best of all, of course, she's funny and she's fun. And it's the first time Aww. I've actually spoken to her. Uh, but we're delighted to welcome Sue Smith. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Oh, we're delighted to have you. It's what a lovely welcome. <laughs> I know, we, we, we virtually did the same thing for anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not special. You are special. We, we, we all think of you as SSS, special Sue Smith. 
I like that. I like Good. that. And he didn't say the fun thing about Adrian Childs. So. No, 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 I didn't touch it. That's true. So, Sue, I, I want to jump straight in. I want to jump straight in about your passion for football because looking at your, your date of birth and looking at Everton, which are your team, and I was thinking, you know, because that Everton side of 85, fantastic, but I, that may have been too soon for you. 87, I wonder would have been about right was that too soon as well because they won championships 85 and 87 they were yeah. you know um, the, the, the European banner part may well probably would I like to think have won the European Cup but it was a fantastic time for Everton what, what, what yeah. you know what, what, what brought you to Everton what made Everton your passion Oh, well, it's it's in the family. I think if I didn't support Everton, I, I probably wouldn't be allowed through the front door. So, yeah, my, my dad was a, a big Evertonian, so he spoke about all of that. And um, I remember as a, as a seven-year-old, you know, just sort of sitting with the family, like watching the games. And um, my brother's a big Evertonian as well, so he's a little bit older than me, so he's 11 years older. So he remembers all the, the good times, unfortunately. I don't remember too many of them, but oh. once you're a blue, that's it. You've you've just um, yeah, you have to stick with them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just I keep hoping every season. I think this could be our season. Yeah. This could be where we actually do well. And it's the hope that kills but, you. I think. But I think it is. And you know, it's a strange thing. I've I've, I've started to think there's a, a cut off time. And uh, when Stoke got promoted back to the Premier League uh, in 2008, yeah. my son was just just eight and yeah. he was old enough to have a sense of how amazing this was and I was just I, that's when I looked at I was looking at your sort of chronology and thinking yeah. you'd have just missed but would have been caught up in the incredible excitement of, of the sort of the Sharp, Heath, Grey, Lineker, oh. Mountfield, Radcliffe, Southall. Yeah, I could go on because oh. so many yeah. read. Uh, I won't carry on, but, but you know, <laughs> it was a very good time to be an Everton fan. Not, as you say, you had any choice to it. But, yeah. it, you know, it, it, it must have been a great way to sort of be lifted into fo football. And when did you first start playing? Was it around that time? Yeah, I was I was five years old, really? um, so oh, played God. for a, yeah had to play for a local boys team because yeah, yeah. um, there wasn't any sort of girls teams around yeah. at that point. So yeah, went went and joined the local boys team. I was that annoying little sister that used to tag on with to my brother. He used to play, and yeah. Um, but yeah, they just allowed me to play. So that was my my first real experience, but my full in, uh, full Everton kit on, yeah. um, and just always loved it. I think like I say, if you spoke to my parents, they'd probably say I always kicked the ball rather than than picked it up and threw it. But it's in the family, so there's a lot of, of football enjoy football watch football yeah. um, and so yeah I've been really lucky that I've had that supportive family around me you know that's an interesting thing Sue because you know I'm, I'm very long in the tooth and you quite often get this this image that, that I don't know who perpetuates it of the family that is both Everton and Liverpool. I've never met anybody that's quite like that. <laughs> not in the same house, anyway. I mean, there's not there's not a hatred. I mean, you know people that support the other team, but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty tribal thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. And there is, there definitely is households where they are split. I've got, I've got family members that, that support Liverpool, um, but not in the same household. Yeah. And um, yeah, very much so, obviously when Liverpool won the league quite recently. Yeah. I just wanted to go away on holiday and just, just hide <laughs> yeah. the you, amount of texts and phone calls yeah. from all my friends. Yeah. Just, 
rubbing it in. You really. do know that going on holiday doesn't change the results. Yeah. Doesn't change the results. <laughs> but I think we've all we've all done that. My, my, uh, just to let you know, and I, I don't know why I need to have the, uh, the, uh, this uh, this uh, justification. My my, my grandmother um, lived in Gladys Street. Would you believe? Oh, uh, wow. And so I have a link to. I've, I've always strangely uh, had a. A, 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 a deeper feeling for Everton than I've ever had for Liverpool, but I I don't know quite oh, what it is. I think sometimes you you recreate that and and, and find a justification for it. Um, can we just to start with go to what's happening at Everton now because there's a, there's a yeah. ton of stuff going on there. You know, Benitez has gone, Lampard's come in, Rooney, yeah. um, which I think everybody thought might be the fit but it might not be the yeah. fit and has, <laughs> has has decided not to come bill kenwright's had all this stick i mean how, how do you mm. well how do you feel about the benitez thing yeah, the benitez exactly. period i mean and how yeah. and how that went and how and you know how do you feel about important decisions at the club being made by graffiti is what uh, yeah, how it seems yeah. to be going yeah, yeah. you know I, I, the, the benitez get out of the club thing seemed to have uh, an out of proportion um, influence on on events, it seems to me, because yeah. Benitez was is a is a very very well respected manager. Yeah, and, you, and manager. you had a great start to and the had season. Ancelotti before that, yeah. you yeah. know, and yeah. you'd have thought you'd have thought that Evan fans might just you know might just have sat tight for the ride, but it didn't seem yeah. to go that way. No, I think it was a big risk bringing him in. I yeah. think he had to do well initially, mm. and he did. Yeah. He did. I think he, he did. got things. Yeah, it looked like he got Everton well organised. He got a way of playing that, that seemed to suit Everton. And I think there were mitigating circumstances in terms of the injuries, the injuries to key players. You know, right down the spine of the side. I think that massively had a, an impact on on Everton. And as soon as the results started to turn, because I think I think we all look at Rafa Benitez and we think well organised, defensively very good, all the players know what's mm. expected of them but it's probably not going to be too fun but I think as an Evertonian I thought well I don't mind that if we're going to win games if we're going to start competing for, for Europe which is obviously what we, we all want to do I, I would have probably been quite happy with that but I think as soon as the results started to turn that's when the, the fans then started yeah, to turn you know, anyone can have a bad, a, a bad month or two you know I mean and, and obviously as you say there were mitigating circumstances yeah. with because if you Calvert miss Calvert-Lewin yeah. and you miss Richarlison yeah. then you know you're stuffed yeah. up front if you've only got Salomon and Rondon aren't you I mean yeah. any club <laughs> would be the same but um, but people just didn't seem to have any any sort of uh, grace period for him any honeymoon period for him yeah. no and that that has to be the, the Liverpool connection as well I think like yeah. I the risk coming in was was quite big and I think the worry then for, for Everton it still is a worry now is is relegation I think the, the new stadium on the horizon mm. and going down into the championship is a is a real concern I, I, at the moment I think a lot of Evertonians are quite not confident but quite happy with what they've done in terms of the transfers that they've brought in again our risks could work may not I don't know fingers crossed that they do I, I just like the manager that's come in I think he's built a real good team around him so yes again it's a risk for him probably coming into a job like that because you mentioned behind the scenes that, that needs to, to improve the, the decision making from above doesn't seem any sort of direction or, or leadership from there I think that's the real frustration for fans it was more than just the manager it was everything else that was mm -hmm. going 
going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. And, yeah, well, the, the, think, the guy at the top seems to be, it gives the impression of a guy playing football manager, doesn't he? A guy, a yeah. guy who's, uh, who's uh, oh, let's try this. Let's try this. And you can't have a go at him because he's he's brought in 500 million quid, so yeah, you have to have a go at someone else. Let's you know. distinguish yeah. from the guy at the top and... Bill Kenwright, who, who and, th- and that's a different thing, and we've spoken about this before. He's uh, a human shield. Uh, uh, well, uh, no, well, that's <laughs> what the, uh, the chief executive is there for. I think you'll find. Yeah, well. <laughs> but, uh, but, but that's a that's a slightly different thing. I mean, I uh, and of course. You can look at these things as much as you like. But you're always an outsider if you're not a supporter. Yeah. It felt to me the Norwich result was was. A massive, massive, massive sea change. That you know, what are yeah. we, what are we doing, going to Norwich and losing? You know, you know, yeah. or, or, yeah. you know, or not. And so, Watford thought the same, didn't they? Well, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But, but, uh, but, but let's move on to Lampard uh, and Lampard. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Lampard, Rooney, Gerrard. We, we're looking at a kind of a of a of a. Of a, of a same the same generation, aren't we? And um, and I, I I just wonder how much Everton fans and you can only say from what you've heard were yeah. desperate for 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 Rooney and therefore how much of a of a, a letdown, not even a letdown. Sorry, a compromise is Lampard. Yeah. I mean, Lampard's. You well, know, according to the graffiti, they wanted Lampard. According to the graffiti, according to graffiti, Lampard was they the wanted guy. anybody but Benitez, didn't they? Yeah, well, Rooney's just starting, yeah. isn't he? Rooney's just starting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure Rooney has, has his eye on the Everton job in five years' time. Yeah, you know, after, yeah. You know, yeah. After, I think so. And I Lampard. think it's probably, when you look at uh, f- from a Wayne Rooney perspective, I think it's probably the right decision for him in terms of what he's doing yeah. at the moment. Like, say, very inexperienced manager. He's gone in at Derby and all of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes at Derby. And yet he's getting these players galvanised, isn't he? He's getting he them is. working so And he so seems hard. to be enjoying it more than I thought that he would. From the He seemed more like the sort of character who would who would leave the game to me. I don't know why. I just He just gave me the impression of someone who wasn't going to be that bothered. Yeah. And he's really yeah. into it at Derby. He's really into the, yeah. you can see on the touchline, he's really yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, getting yeah. them going and he's really into and, himself. And, and, of course, you know, you know Wayne a, a little bit. And I have to say that... Uh, I have been incredibly impressed with his loyalty to Derby, his yeah. uh, ability to say, I'm going to take the flack and look after my players. I am not going to run away from the situation. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I thought that that wouldn't be the case, but I've really thought, do you know what? This guy is showing an awful lot of character. Uh, and, yeah. OK, yes, he isn't the Everton manager, but but those are the sort of things that... Show the resilience that may well make him a very good manager in the future. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think that was a lot of people stepped back and and thought that mm. the fact that he, you know, it is a mess at Derby at the moment. In fact, that he hasn't walked away; mm. he's stuck with them, and he wants to see it to, to the end. He, he feels that he's got something there. He's able to to work with these players and, and get these players playing. Um, yeah, I, I I hold him in in. Uh, high regard yes. for, for doing that because he could have quite easily gone to Everton couldn't he and, yeah. and thought well this is my boyhood club this is who I supported as, as a youngster yeah. and he hasn't no. so I think five six seven years time whatever it is I'm sure he will want that job and he'll want that role but it's gaining the experience at the moment yeah, at Derby and, 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 certainly help him yeah, out and I, th- I think I mean we're on Everton but 
to go back to Rooney, I think actually it's something that characterised his career, that actually when things get difficult, he, he, you know, he's not a dilettante. He's not somebody that hides. He, he's, yeah. he is really somebody that goes, right, I'm going to... I'm going to front this up, you know. And, yeah. and in terms of what Chris said uh, about Lampard having more experience, well, you know, actually not that much more experience, to tell you the no. honest truth. Well, no, he's had a year oh, out of yeah. the game, hasn't he? And and he his main sort of selling point, it seems to me, is that he got a lot of praise for bringing through young players at Chelsea. Yes, he did. That Chelsea are seeing the benefit of now because he get, cause he kind of broke them in, like Mason Mount and uh, Hudson-Odoi and, and Tamori, who's in Italy yeah. now, isn't he? But... Yeah. Um, his his results weren't uh, in comparison to other Chelsea managers. His results weren't weren't that uh, great. He, uh, he 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 went in there unable to sort of buy his way out of trouble, like like the ones who've been before and since. Yeah, because of the transfer embargo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know, I think he's I think you know he's a big name and a big character, but he's he is essentially untried in the role that he's going to be at Everton. Uh, do you think that Everton fans are are attracted by the thought of bringing through young players rather than buying in players? I mean, because they've got so, there's so much money in at, yeah. at Chelsea and at Everton as well, and they've spent a yeah. lot of money on on. Do you think they'd ra- you'd rather see uh, you mm. know another Wayne Rooney come through than buy in? Well, wouldn't we know? all? For God's yeah, sake! Yeah. But do you think that's what? <laughs> no, I mean, do you think that's what's behind the graffiti? Is what I mean. <laughs> You know, I think that, it'd be great. Yeah, and you always, yeah. I think at every club, you always love to see those young players coming through, don't you? And, and yeah. thriving and, and, and being an amazing player for, for your club. And, and when you look at Everton, you look at Anthony Gordon. I think he's he's been the standout in what's been not a very good season for Everton. And when they played Chelsea, they had a lot of youngsters out then and obviously drew the game. So they've got a lot of potential. So I think if Frank Lampard can bring some of those players through, mm. that would be, be amazing. But what I like, what, what Lampard's done is he's built a really good team around him mm. so yeah, I've just seen today I think Ashley Cole's come come on board um, yeah. he's got you know experienced people with him that can help him he's kept big dunk there which I like I wasn't sure what Duncan Ferguson was going to do um, and I know some people may look at that and say he should have gone somewhere else to try and progress his career if he wants to be a manager but I just think it keeps that consistency Well if there. he wanted to be a manager he'd be pushing for the job yeah, at Everton and he didn't yeah, seem to be he yeah. seemed to be happy no, he, to be yeah. a number two or a number three yeah, or, yeah. Uh, or, and a caretaker in the last yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that in itself is, is a fascinating subject isn't it the uh, the the footballer the manager that, that is happy to be just below that is happy mm. to yeah. I want to be involved blah blah but do you know what? I I don't think I'm going to enjoy this, that, and the other because the football's yeah. a, a bloody circus, you know. It, 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 well, you know, and it, you know, we were talking about Roy Keane going, you know, being linked with Sunderland again. And Roy Keane was yeah. that for the last sort of ten years or so. Roy Keane was happy to play under to coach rather under Martin O'Neill rather than yeah. you know he hasn't been a manager since 2011 and he's being linked with the Sunderland job. Yeah, I think sometimes it's knowing your strengths, isn't it? So knowing are you uh, are you a number well, two or are you a, a manager? And yeah, or are you the guy? Are you the guy who does the press conference or the guy who puts the combs out? But but but, yeah. but, also, but, yeah. but also, and 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 then this is a general thing. This is not about Everton. It's not about anywhere else. It's do you know what? I don't want to put my family under that situation. You know, I want to be involved mm. in the game, but do you know what? I don't want my the game to define everything about my life, my children, my, my partner, yeah. whatever it is, you know. So I'm going to go and work on Sky Sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so actually, that's, that, that interests me as a question from your point of view, which is um, managership in 
the women's game, right? They, which, mm. which has across the women's game has moved so quickly and and yeah. and, and you know exponentially, and and yeah. you know, there was a t- and of course Everton have just got rid of of uh, Jean Luc yeah. Vasseur who had ten games. Yeah. Um, w- when your career reached the end, was coaching was managing something that interested you? Of course it. At that time, and, and this is not a judgment on the women's game, this is just the fact that the women's game at the time was playing catch-up. Uh, yeah. There was no way of saying definitely what that would mean to be a coach or to be a manager because there was this horrible sort of disconnect between oh, should we be grateful to have somebody who was a relatively important men's international footballer managing us or should we have... You know, somebody who's a very successful woman's and 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 where's the where's the uh, way of saying that these are different games or are they? Do, do you know what I mean? So so how yeah, did you sort yeah. of feel that where you would go? Yeah, well, I think when I finished, um, as, as when you finish playing, you you sort of know it's probably coming towards your time, and you're sort of thinking, what do I want to yeah, do? Yeah, I was and about twelve. I did. <laughs> 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 I did my I did my coaching badges. I think like most footballers do, yeah. and and I just love the media. Always right. enjoyed yeah, doing yeah. that throughout my career. I've always just enjoyed talking about football and just chatting in general, yeah. really. Um, and so I, it was which way am I going to go? And, and thankfully, I got opportunities in the media, um, and then just just took that up. But. I think sometimes when you've done things the same every single day, you know, you've gone to the training field and <laughs> yeah. you, you, you sort of have your lunch at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. Yeah. and you just think, I want something different. I want to be able to control what I want. You know, I can have my lunch when I want to have my lunch. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, going back into a club as a manager or a coach would be very similar to what I'd done for the past sort of 20 years. Yeah. So. I sort of wanted a bit of a change from that, but then at the same time, you want to give back. So I, I will go and do the odd coaching session and things but, for, you know, like for kids. For kids and stuff, and, and yeah, stuff like yeah. That. I mean, I, I love the idea that hey, if you were interviewing a manager, you might say to them, uh, what time do you want your lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very, a very interesting... Uh, we, we had John Holmes on last week, who's uh, amongst other Lineker's agent. And, and I yeah. think Lineker felt exactly the same, that, you know... I've loved this. Nothing can replace this. And 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 I think I think for certain people, uh, I can't leave the world, or yeah. I need to leave the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need yeah, to leave no, the world right. day to day. Um, yeah. You know, we turn up. Right, who's fit today? Where are my boots? Yeah. What we having lunch? Blah blah blah. We've got a couple of lads coming up to the or girls coming up to the top. You know, and some people yeah. go. Do you know. If I'm not involved, I don't want to do it. And some people say, I, I can't leave it alone. And so, yeah. I mean, you you did, you you made a conscious effort from what I've read to to, to, to do journalism in a formal way. You went and, 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 and wrote your columns and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think like going back to that point that you said, I think some players, I've spoke to some players that have stayed in football and they need that structure. Yeah. So they need that, you know, get up at a certain time, go to training at a certain yeah. time. Whereas I was a bit like, you know, when you used to see that you used to go in and the boards would be up and it was like nine o'clock breakfast, 10 o'clock training, 11. And I think, oh, I just want to do something a bit different. You know, I want to sort of turn up at different times. I do that um, just in my own house. I have a, yeah. a, a blackboard, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a blackboard. He says, 
And do you know what it says? It says bargain hunt, neighbours. Yeah. Have a blue, a blue magnet for breakfast, red magnet for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, going back to the media, yeah, I, I, I did. I used to do. Um, I used to do one in the, the Liverpool Echo and um, the Yorkshire Evening Post and, and stuff. So yeah, originally sort of wrote it, and they used to check it and, and, and do things like that. But yeah, always just. Just always, I suppose it's getting yourself out of your comfort zone as well and things that you enjoy. And I love my I comfort enjoy. zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's such a good, such a good zone. <laughs> it is a good zone, yeah. But, uh, okay, but let me ask you kind of the, 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 the obverse point to that, which is, if that's a word. Um, which is, it is. is well, I don't it, know in this context. Though. I don't care if it's a word, I'm saying it. Filibustering. I'm going for it. Okay, so um, you're talking about coins, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. um, (laughs) Similarly, I mean, I think clearly you made a a good decision, and you're very good at what you do. And I'm not saying that for any other reason than to me, it's a fact. How do you feel? And and this is, I'm sure, a question you get asked all the time about the way the women's game has changed and the rewards Mm -hmm. and the profile, etc. Do you know, I was amazed when I looked, um, you know, and I'm not a man that does research, but I did have a little look (laughs) um, on your Wikipedia page that, you know, it has all your internationals. It says nothing really about your club career at all. I mean, I know you played for Doncaster Bells, but it doesn't have the breakdown, this many games, this many seasons, blah, blah, blah. And now, of course, you know... Brilliantly, the, the, there's the, the, there's a change in profile of the game. Oh yeah, and all the match reports are alongside the men's games. Yeah, in the yeah, papers which and is all great. The, and the and, statistics and, and, are all and there. Is that, and do you feel that? Do you yeah. feel? I mean, and it may not be one of these two things that <laughs> I helped to build that, or fuck. I missed out on that. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it may be there may be a third way in Tony Blair's words. <laughs> Do you know? I'm actually very lucky. I think that I've experienced all sides of the game. Yeah, yeah. So when I went to Tranmere Rovers, Tranmere Rovers were in the, the top league in the women's game, and, and we paid to play. So we had to like sort of pay subs and you know pay our tunnel fee as we went through the Birkenhead Tunnel and, and things like that. And then um, then I went to Leeds and I was semi-professional for a, a while. Uh, which was great. So still combining my studies and, um, and and playing football. So, you know, that was quite nice. And then I went to the full-time professional. So I've sort of seen it all change and, and I've been part of that. So I like that. I like that I've, I've maybe played a small part in, in where the yeah. game is today and, and encouraging younger girls to play. Because I was like the only girl in the village that played football. I was like, the, they didn't know my name. They just knew me as the girl that plays football. Whereas now, if you go back to you know my, my local village, there's so many girls and they're out on the field playing. And it's just the norm, which is great. And, and that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, it, 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 and I don't want to concentrate solely on, on, on women's football and, and men's football. Uh, that actually uh, women's cricket I think is is kind of in a strange way ahead of the game in terms of acceptance and that's partly due to the hundred and things like that Uh, Mm. those things I find interesting I also think as an outsider when I watch the Women's World Cup various Games and I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a, I watch football, whatever is football's on. Yeah, you know, heaven knows I, I, I've got kids and, and they were shit and I watch them. So I, I can watch anything and that's not a comparison in that way. But what I'm saying is when I watch it, one of the things I loved, for instance, the last World Cup was I found very 
the lack of cynicism I found fantastic. The lack yeah. of games man, womanship personship yeah. I found game, fantastic. Game, game no, and I and I just I just I just I I wonder and it's not necessarily something that anybody can control. If if you were blowing up the balloon, say, of women's football yeah. to the same size as men's football, which hopefully will happen, you know, what are the things that that having a having a new approach, if you like, yeah. or an untainted approach can offer to the game in general? Because when I watch when I watch players not try and waste time, when I watch players yeah. actually have some empathy for a player's injury, they're not always, not always, you know. I I see a I see a and I don't want to overstate this. I see a kind of a purity of just enjoying playing the game, you know. Yeah, and I wonder yeah, how you no, how do you protect that? Yeah, that's the difficulty, isn't it? Because I suppose once money gets involved, and, and you yeah. mentioned about the you know the Everton manager getting sacked, you would never have seen that in the no. women's game. Ten games, years ten ago. games, yeah, yeah. ten games. And that's, I know it's bizarre. Well, the one before him as well didn't have that many. I know he had the season before, but he brought in a lot of new players and. Uh, you thought that they were going to give him time and now in the women's game because there is a little bit more at stake it's getting like the men's game in terms of the results yeah. business and you don't get a result and, and you're out on your ear so I think you're right in the, the purity of it I think that's great I think the family atmosphere is brilliant you know I would always say if you go to a women's game you, you very much see a, a very mixed audience or crowd which is nice um, but as it gets bigger and as the, the publicity gets more and and, and things at stake are a little bit more finances then that's where unfortunately we get that sort of the cynicism and, and things like that but hopefully hopefully not um, because at the moment it is it is great and a lot of people do say exactly the same thing as, as you said to me that's why they enjoy it because it's maybe how men's football was like sort of 10 15 20 years ago Mm, maybe. A bit further than that. I wonder whether you think. I wonder whether you think. We were talking earlier on about uh, Nick and I about um, the uh, Canada uh, World Cup qualification oh, campaign, yeah. where the manager has graduated to the men's international team, as it were, from coaching the Canada Olympic ladies team. And yeah. whether you think, uh, as Go the ahead, game, yeah. as the as the games get closer whether there would there's there whether there are any people that you think would cross over from the women's game into the men apart from phil neville yeah but from the coaches in the women's game who could cut it do you think in the yeah, in the I, football well, league yeah i think the, the one that springs to mind and i think we've we've a lot of people have spoke about her is Emma Hayes. Yeah, and well, she's got quite a good profile now, hasn't she? From she has, yeah, and I think she's certainly one that that could potentially go across into the men's game. Yeah. Um, tactically, so good, and I, I think if you're tactically good and and you can manage players, I don't see why you couldn't manage in the men's game and, and the women's game. I know you've got to probably get that. Respect. There's a certain amount of resistance, probably. Well, but, I, I, yeah, I but tactically, as you say, tactically, yeah. the essence the essence of what the the job is. There's no reason why Emma Hayes couldn't, couldn't no. coach her men's team. I, 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 I think you're right. I mean, Chris, what, what, when I see it, I, I, I see it as a case of it's not about ability, it's about whether the door's open. You know, yeah. not only yeah. the doors open from the people who appoint, but the doors open from the people who are going to be coached. And and I think yeah. that's uh, that's a great imponderable, isn't it? And actually, you know, uh, we, when we spoke to when we spoke to Gary about about younger players, his his view is that that younger footballers are much more um, socially, racially. Uh, um, 
aware or much more open to new ideas. As long as you can make me a better player, I don't care who you are, what gender you are, what race you are, what sexual orientation you are. You know, no, but you know what I mean? So I I think that that door might be opening, but it's sadly it's being opened from 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 one side we, we haven't got a lot more time um so I, I i wanted to talk to you about punditry and i wanted to talk to you about one particular instance and and then hopefully <laughs> take it out into your experience i was and not that i have any right to be so furious about the whole karen carney uh, uh, Leeds yeah. thing, and uh, and it wasn't just Leeds' reaction to her criticism. Karen Carney, let's put it in a nutshell for anybody who didn't know, said she wondered if the fact that Leeds played such intensive football, blah 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 blah, that breaks in the season, etc. etc. etc., might affect their ability to finish the season effectively, and if there was a break, maybe that would be in their to their advantage. Very roughly, that was what she said, it was, wasn't it? Like that. Yeah, Very it was, roughly. Yeah. I yeah. read that before all of the brouhaha and I thought, that had never occurred to me. You know, <laughs> I think about football a lot and I thought, that's <laughs> yeah. a really good point. And then suddenly yeah. there was this incredible backlash, uh, yeah. both sort of officially uh, and 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 more randomly from, from supporters. What if did Angus Kinnear weigh in? Leeds, Leeds did yeah, weigh yeah. in. Leeds, I don't think Angus Kinnear was there then. Otherwise, he would have compared it, no doubt, to something like um, I don't know the Exodus of the Jews from Egypt. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, probably, but, yeah. but so that and that was purely a football thing that she had no right, that she knew nothing, that it was ridiculous, that uh, she was insulting. Right, those things are bad enough. Whatever. And yeah. then there comes the whole sexist thing, which is that she doesn't understand that what the fuck yeah. are people doing allowing her to speak about these things. And yeah. I just, you know, I'm an old man and I'm a man from a certain <laughs> generation and I found it, what sort of a world are we in? That has such yeah. people in here. It was staggering to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. and she had to come off social media um, just, because of that. Um, because it, yeah, she obviously well, that's she suffers. <laughs> yeah, she suffers with mental health as oh, well. Oh, no. I think you know all of these people that you know were weighing into her, and I think you know that that's the thing. Football's all about opinions, isn't it? And, and I'm fine if she, somebody... but this was a really good opinion. <laughs> it yeah, was a I know. Really, and I'm fine. Really... You know, if people contact you and sort of say, "I don't agree with your opinion. This is what I think." That's fine because you know we're all happy with that. It's when they start saying you don't know what you're talking about because you're a woman, or you know you shouldn't be able to talk because you're a woman, and you just think that's really unfair. And yeah, I think all of us have had our fair share of of stick in in social media, and it's it's just how you respond to it, really, yeah. isn't it? It's do mm. you just? I remember when I first started, and I said. I was talking about Sheffield United and I forgot to mention Billy Sharp. So I was talking about them needing a striker and I mentioned a couple of strikers and forgot Billy Sharp. And obviously Billy Sharp is, he is the man at Sheffield United, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I still get things from Sheffield United fans oh. now. And I think I, I've got nothing against Billy Sharp. I just forgot him. Yeah, that was yeah. it. And you know, it's like, you, it's difficult when you just make a mistake. Well, and well, do you know, he's been on our podcast and he's a friend of ours. We have Don Goodman who, who, Legion, yeah. Legion United fans 
consider him to hate Leeds United, you know, and then just know. because of, you know, one comment, which is ironic, we were just talking about the Don Reevy thing. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, the whole idea of, of being an ambassador, I mean, it, 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 I just, I just, I just felt with Karen Carney that, that one, she'd have made a really good point. <laughs> Two, you yeah, expect yeah. some idiots, but three, the fact that the club said it was mm. just put the whole thing back so many months and years and yeah. you know, decades yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was hard, really hard for her. And, and I think a lot of people supported her and thankfully she's gone back on screen and yeah. she's enjoying it and stuff. So yeah. yeah, hopefully, but that'll always, she'll always remember that and whether she'll do another Leeds game, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well. What yeah. I want to do, actually, I, I've, uh, I've been enjoying seeing you on uh, Soccer Saturday in the afternoons because it's, uh, a, it's yeah, a a addictive addictive program when they, when you're not at a game um, but what I want to know is where are you relative to the other people Austin because you seem to be in a little in a little uh, Everton based ca- cabin and, uh, and and you know not not with not with the boys doing their their banter about whether Paul Merson is eating a biscuit or not you know where, they, so where before, have they got you yeah well before Covid I was in the studio in London and, and right. during Covid they, they found new studio so I'm actually in Wilmslow so I'm in a oh, right, so you're studio up north. Right, okay. me oh. and a, a cameraman so it's great in terms of travel because it's like yeah. 30 minutes from my house but yeah it's not the same as being in the studio with oh, everyone and, and no. you know sort of yeah. no, it was, because, it, because of great. television because you know the, the, the way that the picture cuts from one thing to another yeah, yeah. you get the you have the impression that you're like <laughs> just 10 yards to the left yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. just yeah. off to the side <laughs> well, and they've tucked you away in a in a, yeah. in a, in a little cabin <laughs> so like, like, the, the, like Mr. Like, yeah, well. like one yeah. of the couple on Mr. and Mrs. you know do you know Sue that's fantastic we always like to end on some sort of revelation and the revelation today is Sky Sports believes Sue Smith caused Covid so there you go <laughs> they have to keep us separate so well, you, you have to carry you, the can for something yeah, yeah you've been brilliant thank you so much we've we've loved oh, having you on thank you oh. Oh, thanks for having me on all the best no, cheers bye 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 lovely bye 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 thank you Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>